What's going on, you guys? It's your boy, Young Nezzy. I know it's been even longer since I spoke to you guys last, and it was the last time I spoke to you guys last, man. That's my bad. I gotta do better, you know, if I'm trying to take this, and I am trying to take this serious, you know, I gotta do better. I gotta be more consistent, you know, I can't miss the waiver wire, you know, that's on me. I, I promise, this is my promise, I'm gonna do better. With that being said, I start a new job uh, the beginning of October, so that is that is great news for me because I need a paycheck uh, in the worst way. <laughs> uh, it's been a minute. Let's just say that. So, yeah, I'm excited to get back into the old workforce and uh, get some more money. So, unfortunately, that means uh, less time to do this fun stuff, like uh, obsessively look at DraftKings and constantly look at my league mates to see who I can trade with. But, you know, I think that that also makes me need an outlet even further to to escape to so that's why I don't know I just want to let you guys know some good news but I'm gonna you know still continue to do this so a lot of things have happened since I spoke to you guys last I really should have done a damn episode um some big news Josh Gordon is a patriot now that's crazy you know now that he's a patriot all of a sudden everyone's like well wait is Josh Gordon even good he hasn't been good in a while yeah, Josh Gordon's going to be good, yo. <laughs> He's going to be good there. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a little hard to predict. He's not going to be an every week stud. Probably not. But, you know, you, no one would be surprised. And, I mean, you can't, no one can predict the future. However, Josh Gordon is going to be good. That being said again, I'm not trading for him. I'm not trading him away unless somebody is blowing me away with an offer. Chances are, if you have Josh Gordon on your team, you're probably lacking, you're definitely lacking in an area because you you spent a pretty good price on, on him. So unless somebody's blowing you away with an offer, you know, it's really got to be worth it. It's got to be there offering you at Josh Gordon's ceiling, and I would never tell you to trade for Josh Gordon at his ceiling, you know? I would never do that. But that's just exciting news in general, you know, that's not, it's fun to just look at these things that happen in the league and just, you know, just, just enjoy it and look forward to it rather than constantly thinking, oh, how is this relevant and how can I make this to my advantage in fantasy? Not every move in the league can be like that. I used to think like that. Okay. And then, and I don't know if anybody that listens to this thinks like that, you probably are if you're listening to a fantasy football podcast done by me <laughs> I mean um you know you probably obsessively think of how you can take advantage of the next big thing and, and once you can let go of that fact that you can't take advantage of the next big thing every time without completely giving away your season then the easier it will be for you to play fantasy football and if you want to take advantage of that next big thing just play daily fantasy for very cheap and then pick that person that you really want to you know own when they blow up and say yes like I called that like that's my guy then do that in, in DraftKings. So that's just a, a message that I wanted to get out there because that's a that's an issue that I used to have. I definitely used to be like that. You know, and I lost a lot of leagues that way, you know, down the stretch. It was unfortunate. So that happened. 
Um, some other big things that's going that are going on in the league this week. We have a lot of injuries. Jay Ajayi is out for the Eagles. Dalvin Cook is out for the Vikings. So as far as daily fantasy goes, that opens up a lot of doors for you, uh, for Latavius Murray and for uh, Corey Clement. And then Devonta Freeman is out again for the Falcons. The type of injury that Devonta Freeman has is kind of interesting to me. Because all he has to do is just rest on it and hope it gets better. That being said, right, so there's nothing that's going to, there's no, it's not like Joe Mixon where he's getting he's getting a knee repaired and he can wait and now he's back. This kind of seems like it's going to be something that is going to be a year-long issue for Freeman. And with the load that Coleman can handle, and they are different backs. But let me just continue with my point. Coleman can easily supplant Freeman in the role of the volume guy. They do different things. You know, people, when you think of their roles, right? Okay, so unless you know these guys and you know their dimensions, you think of the roles, right? You think, oh, Freeman is the big, bulky back. Coleman is the change of pace guy who comes in, catches balls, a little scat back. Absolutely not the case. Freeman is the is is shorter than Coleman. He is quicker than Coleman. He is has more the more change of pace characteristics than Coleman does. But with the fact that there this injury is just something that he has to rest and it's and he's out again this week. You know, I would not be surprised if Coleman's usage, you know, if he, you know, this this to me one of the very few times where I'm going to confidently look at a situation and, and give a prognosis for it, I think Coleman is getting 50-50 of this backfield as opposed to seeing less of, you know, seeing the minority. I think it's going to be an even split moving forward because they don't want to hurt Devonta Freeman. They love the two-headed approach that they have, so they can afford to split up that volume the way that they do. So... The way I see it, if you own Tevin Coleman, that's great. There is a potential buy opportunity because people are going to be thinking that his situation is temporary. So you can try to trade for Tevin Coleman if you really want to. If you need a back, if you don't like, if your situation is, you know, is thin or you know that you have a bye week situation that you just want to be prepared for and you're deep and can afford to, to trade for Tevin Coleman, do it. So last week, looking at the games that took place, so week one was awesome, right? For for the most for the most part, for most of us, week one was great. All of the studs scored touchdowns. Things made sense, like for the most part, it was great. Then week two happened, and it was like, oh shit, it's fantasy fucking football again. I totally forgot how this how this worked. You know, it's unpredictable. Amari Cooper bounced back. David Johnson stunk. It was just, you know, Kareem Hunt still isn't there, what we want production-wise. Gronk got shut out. 
Blake Bortles lit it up. Like, what? Deion Lewis nowhere to be found. Derek Carr just looked like a completely different quarterback. I mean, things were things were odd. So now that we got two weeks there, nobody's value is really solidified just yet in the grand scheme. And especially if you look at it to a deeper level where, for example, the Rams haven't played anybody good yet. You know, the Cardinals have played two very good teams as well, and they're going to play another good team. The Dolphins have yet to truly, truly show who they are. There's a lot of teams that have yet to... Values are not solidified yet. It's only week two and we flip-flopped. We went up and we went down. So nobody is really... Nobody's value set in stone just yet. Nobody has a, an idea of what they think the prognosis is for the season. Which is good for you as a fantasy football player. Because this gives you time to let somebody who you are bullish on maybe not have so great of a game or maybe you have a guy on your team that you see as great trade bait uh, that you can potentially sell off. I got a couple guys in mind that I'll bring up later. But yeah, so after week three happens, right, now we can start to see a bit of a pattern. It's really, this is, I mean, maybe I was just way too trigger happy in the past To me, this seems like the hardest that I've had, the hardest time I've had this year trying to trade. In fantasy football, normally I can trade a lot easier. It seems like nobody's willing to throw their guys away just yet. I did make two trades this last week, but it was tough. It was tough. It was like pulling teeth, and it's been like that. The two trades that I made... And I don't want to give too much context, you know, like, oh, well, why did I make these trades? But if you guys are interested. So in one of my leagues, I'm one-on-one. My team isn't isn't super great. In week eight, I knew I had a ton of bye weeks. I only had one running back that wasn't on a bye. So I really wanted to get, you know, not I, I wanted to get another running back, but not anybody that was – going to cost me too much. So what, what? who I wanted was Theo Riddick. The Lions, I was very bullish on the Lions the, coming into this season. I really liked the makeup of their team. I thought their offensive line was going to be better. Matt Patricia, I thought things would be different with him. I thought it would just be a different philosophy, and it was just like more of the same. It's like... <laughs> you know, you want to believe in these narratives whenever you have McVay going to the Rams... You know, for example, you know, you want to believe that things can change when guys come in and that it happens 100% of the time. But, you know, I think Patricia just got in there and he said, well, you know, shit, this is what I'm working with. I mean, I might as well do things the way that they've been done because that seems like the best approach to victory, you know, the best approach to success. So I say all that to say that Theoretic is going to continue to get usage because the Lions are going to continue to play from behind. And until they can be, turn into a, a good team that wins more than they lose, Theoretic is going to be somebody who is going to see a ton of targets. He's going to see wide receiver two type of targets. So I was excited to get him. 
I traded for Theo Riddick, and then I traded for Robert Woods as well. I got that in the same trade. Robert Woods has seen 18 targets so far. That's great. And he's getting a lot of opportunity in these targets. These targets are very long. Okay, there's a new stat that is new to me. It's not new. It's fairly new. It's new to me, for sure. I've been following a lot more uh, statisticians. Statisticians? I'm going to need to... I need to look that up. God damn. <laughs> uh, but the the stat that I'm talking about is air yards. So air yards, a quarterback throws a ball to the receiver, okay? Whether it's completed or it's not completed, it tells you how many yards are in that opportunity. This does not include yards after catch. For example, a guy like Jarvis Landry will not have a lot of air yards, he may have more than the average receiver just based on the fact that he gets a ton of targets. However, it's all about the depth of target. So there's another one, A dot, average depth of target. That's another way that you can kind of forecast how you think a guy is going to produce. Robert Woods is, uh, for the, <laughs> let me slow down, man. <laughs> Robert Woods has been a leader in air yards in back-to-back weeks. They have played the Oakland Raiders and beat the snot out of them. They have played the Arizona Cardinals, and that looked like a varsity team versus a peewee team. They have smoked them. Those were not competitive matchups at all. It's very hard to gauge this team, this Los Angeles Rams team. We can obviously look at them on paper and say, yeah, this team is loaded. But I want to see how the game script looks whenever it's a close game, whenever these games are competitive. We're going to get a good look at that in these next four out of five weeks. They've got the Chargers this week at home, and I like the Chargers there, plus seven. Uh, That's going to be a really good game, I believe. They've got the Vikings, another great game. They get the the Vikings at home. Then they travel to the Seahawks. That'll probably be... You know, like an eight point. They're they're at Seattle, so that'll probably be like a six point spread. Then they're at Denver, um, at San Francisco. Not worried about that one. And then they have Green Bay. You know, they they have a they have a pretty tough schedule. But, you know, when it comes to wideouts, obviously, you know, anybody that you rely on, you know, the ball being thrown to them. Sometimes, more often than not, rather. It's better for a team to be playing from behind to get those targets. So, I've been talking about Robert Woods for like five minutes, it seems like. Uh, yeah, man, he gets targets. And I think that McVay, you know, he loves to ju- he loves to be a gunslinger. He never plays conservative. So, I like, I like all three of the Rams receivers. And I really wanted Woods. I needed more depth in my wideout position. So, now my wideouts are Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper. Yuck. I really hope Amari Cooper is who he was last week, even though I doubt it. Um, D.D. Westbrook, who I'm excited to play when I have to. And then I I still have Carlos Hyde. And if you've been listening to me from the jump, man, you know I have been pounding for Carlos Hyde, man. I've been screaming, pounding my feet, stomping, saying, yo, Carlos Hyde is the guy. I have him in a lot of leagues because I believe in him, and I think his value is absurd. And so far, so damn good, man. And a lot of his value is dependent on touchdowns. I understand that. But my, one of my arguments was, is I think that the Browns are not bad. And they beat the Jets at home. You can say so what, but two things matter here. A, they covered the spread. 
which shows that we are as they are as good as they should have been. And two, they won a damn game, man. And these other games that they've lost, and well, they've they've tied, they've lost, and they've won. All of them have been close games. And the, the only thing that matters in fantasy, not the only thing, I won't say that, but the biggest thing that matters in, in, in football production is volume. And Carlos Hyde, if you watch these games, if you look at, even if you don't watch the games and you look at his stats, he gets a ton of volume. Chubb is not being used. Duke Johnson is being dropped in, in, 10 team, in 12 team leagues. He's being dropped in 14 team leagues because Carlos Hyde is their guy. They are using him even on third down sometimes. Carlos Hyde is the dude here. I told y'all. I told y'all. I can't believe people thought that he would be arguing, be competing with Nick Chubb. I love that. I love that I have Carlos Hyde. And, you know, let me just kind of segue that into my other trade that I made. So the first trade I made. I traded, um, I didn't even tell you who I traded. So, I received Theo Riddick, I received Robert Woods, and I traded Randall Cobb and Tyler Lockett. Two guys that have a lot of volatility in their production week to week, but I really like that trade. I don't really like owning Cobb, and I did not like owning Lockett because I didn't think he got any, any, any of his production in meaningful minutes. So, I like that trade. The other trade I made was, um, I, I actually traded away Carlos Hyde in a league prior to his explosion. But I was taking a huge leap here. I traded Carlos Hyde and I traded Philip Lindsay for the David Johnson in my other league. It was a half point per reception. So now I have Gurley and David Johnson and Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans. I love that team that I have in that league. While I'm buying for David Johnson, he is very good. And his usage is not what it should be. And I think that that the Cardinals are going to recognize that they need to give their best player the ball more if they want to try to win. So, last week I did the DraftKings thing. And I did pretty well with that lineup that I told you guys that I used. I tweeted the lineup that I used. So, this week... I am doing a lot of contests, but I have some glue guys, you know, some guys that I need to have in every lineup. I tend to stay away from the contests where, you know, less than 40% or whatever win. It's harder to win that way. Sometimes it's fun, but it's risky. And with the amount of funds that I have in DraftKings right now, I'm just trying to keep playing because it's fun for me to pick guys that I don't have in my, on my fantasy teams every week and, and, you know, get to root for different guys. That's mainly why I do it because I have a very toxic relationship with the game of football on, on Sundays. Okay. Now that we've addressed my demons, here are some guys that I like a lot this week. Like I said, we have some injuries, man. Unfortunately happens. It's, it's football, man. We have been very, very fortunate with the amount of injuries that we've had so far. And nobody has had too big of devastating injuries just yet. So, here's who I like in Daily Fantasy on on that topic. Jay Ajayi is out. So I like Corey Clement. 
Latavius Murray, I like him in Daily Fantasy as well. Like I said, man, I play DraftKings, so let's just kind of look at this from a DraftKings perspective. So J.J. is out, right? Uh, the Eagles are playing Indiana. Indiana? Indianapolis. <laughs> the Colts, who had a very good defensive game against the Redskins, the R-words, excuse me. Uh, and I like the Eagles at home with Wentz back, man. That, 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 that's just going to be electric. Clement is very talented, I believe. So he's and he's going to get the usage there because there's no Jeffrey. He he's going to get the usage. He's an absolute must must play. He is at uh let me check here for you. My apologies. Uh 4300. Yeah, he's below the average, so that's what I look for if you remember last week when I was talking about how I picked these guys, I like to go you got to get value guys. Got to get guys that get get you good volume per dollar. Clement, in a lot of these lineups I've constructed, is a must-own. I have some where I don't own him, but more often than not, I have Corey Clement. There's like one lineup where I don't have him. Another guy, you know, Latavius Murray. He is a bit pricier. They have him at 5800 However, he's a guy that you got to have. It's the Vikings, they're at home, they're playing the Bills, they're 17-point favorites. You have to have Latavius Murray. Even though that everybody else is going to have him, he's the value that he gives you, you know, you just need you need to be included in that because it's going to be one of the best values this week. There are some really good quarterback plays this week that I really like. Mahomes off the bat, he is worth 7 7,000. He should be worth like eight thousand. He's worth seven thousand. It's his first home game against the Niners. This looks like a slaughtering in the making. I can't believe the spread is what it is. It seems a bit like a trap to me. Seven points, I believe, last I checked. That just seems kind of crazy to me. And Mahomes will cool down eventually. I'm not saying Mahomes is about to put up like Peyton Manning numbers or Tom Brady numbers in their prime. However, he's not going to slow down this week. Someone else I really like. So I don't hate Kirk Cousins either. I think that's a pretty good play to go a little bit against the grain. He's only 6,800. I mean, granted, that that's only 68 is the third most, most expensive quarterback. But the way that Minnesota's been playing, I don't think they're going to really take their foot off the gas when it comes to the passing game. So... I like Kirk Cousins there. Drew Brees, um, in, an, in, a, in an expected shootout with the Falcons, but the last two games that are supposed to be shootouts with the Falcons and the Saints have both hit the under. But with the fact that there's no Mark Ingram, the Saints have to rely on the air raid a little bit more. So I like Drew Brees there at 6,400. guy that I really like the most outside of, you know, Kirk and, and Drew Brees is uh, Deshaun Watson. So the Giants are down Oliver Vernon and Eli Apple. He's a – Deshaun Watson is an absolute gunslinger. There's lineups where I have Will Fuller and, Desha- and uh, D- 
DeAndre Hopkins and on the same team. I really like Deshaun this week at home against the Giants. Down two corners. And then another guy, really good value, Cam Newton. 6000 very cheap as far as quarterbacks go. Uh, at home against the Bengals, I think he can really pay you good dividends there. So I just gave you like five quarterbacks <laughs> that I really liked there. Running backs. I'm off the Camara train this week, and it's not because he didn't pay off like I hoped he would last week against the Browns. It's because he is, again, 9,500, and with the fact that I like so many other running backs that are cheaper, for example, like I already said, Corey Clement and Latavius Murray. That just for, it gives me no reason to want Camara there whenever I can get other guys. A really cheap guy that I think that if you want to, you know, potentially punt one of your running back positions or maybe your flex position, uh, Naheem Hines. So, if you don't know, he's a change of pace back for the Colts. Week one, Colts lost to the Bengals, and Naheem Hines got 12 targets. Correct me if I'm wrong. He did not get 12 targets. That was a lie. He got nine targets. They were down a lot. They're probably going to be down a lot this week at Philadelphia. And Marlon Mack is out. So that just bows the need to play Naheem Hines even more. At 3,600, he's one of the cheapest running backs. I think that that's worth a play in some lineups if you are really struggling to find a guy that you need to drive that value down. Chris Thompson as well. He's just getting a ton of targets. 6,300. Since DraftKings is PPR, it seems like a great play. Tevin Coleman as well is another great play. He's at home against the Saints. He's 6400 not super cheap, but he's very, very likely to pay back his value because he's very talented and he's going to get volume. From a wideout perspective, I like T.Y. Hilton a lot this week at 6700 The Eagles' defense is good. However, I think Luck will find a way to get his guy the ball because they are probably going to be throwing the ball a lot. Will Fuller at 5900 I love DeAndre Hopkins is my favorite wideout this week at 8300 That's pretty pricey, but I'd like to find ways to get the guys that I think have you know very little shot of not paying off. And then after uh, DeAndre Hopkins, not a lot of guys underneath him that I like. I'm trying to stay away from the Vikings receivers, even though I think that they are going to have good games. I don't think that they are going to really explode. They obviously could, but they're not guys that I'm buying this week in Daily Fantasy. I really like Nelson Aguilar is who I really want to. And that, again, really looking at that Colts-Eagles game. Aguilar gets a ton of targets. The leading target getter in Philadelphia. Wentz is back. The Colts have done pretty okay defensively, but Wentz is there. I like Aguilar. 6,100. Great opportunity there for him to pay off in this PPR format. And then at the tight end position, I really like Kyle Rudolph at 4,100. There's a lot of guys you can go with as a tight end position. It's abysmal. There are some good uh, expensive plays this week. Me personally, I really like Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Ertz is 6,800. Kelsey is 6,700. Both have the opportunity to do well Kelsey finally bounced back. I mean, he had a lot of targets in that first game where he didn't do well, 
but he his targets paid off against Pittsburgh, and in an absolute slaughter against the Niners this week, I expect Kelsey to do well here. Uh, going back to the Chiefs, though, sorry to bounce back to the running backs again, Kareem Hunt at 6,000 seems like a really good play as well. So Ertz and Kelsey, if you want to go expensive at the tight end position to shake it up, do that. They will definitely pay off for you. Ingram, Evan Ingram at 4,300 against the Texans seems like a really good play too. Texans don't defend well against tight ends. George Kittle at 4,500 seems like a great play against the Chiefs as well. The Chiefs just don't defend because they just know that they can beat you on the offensive end. And then Disley at 3,300, and he's just not getting the respect he deserves. There's not a lot of weapons in that passing game for the Seahawks. He is the number one option at tight end. I'm looking to take Disley too sometimes. And then for defense, I think the Ravens are a good value play at 2,800 against uh, the Broncos. However, some obvious plays here. Vikings, the Bills are in Minnesota. They should be worth way more than 4,300. Uh, that, I, that that Bills team's awful. The Vikings are good. The, they're in Minnesota. They're at 4,300. That's going to be a really popular play. Tennessee at Jacksonville is going to be a very popular play as well. Obviously for Jacksonville. And then the Bears. Uh, the Bears are at Arizona, but they are, the Bears are just so good, and the Cardinals are just looking so bad that $3,500 for the Bears doesn't seem that bad. But I'm going cheaper to kind of be an outlier here. Um... <clears throat> Excuse me. So, some, I'm taking the Ravens quite a bit. It's either Ravens or Bears for me this week. But yeah, man. Uh, sorry for being so late. I'm really glad that you guys, uh, you know, asked me questions about daily fantasy and just fantasy in general. Uh, this is a lot of fun for me. So, if you got any more questions, hit me up. I'm going to do better in the future. But, yeah, man. Hope you guys win your games. Peace.